Happy Sunday, everyone. Welcome back to Brunch with Desby. I am Des, and this is my podcast. I'm so excited. I'm really praying that I have some new listeners this week. So if you are new, hello. If you're not new, also hello. I'm very excited. This past week was kind of crazy because... Let me actually pull it up. I posted an audio clip from last week's episode, um, which if you guys haven't listened yet, you have to go listen. It's, there's a secret in there, number one, that I will not be sharing with anyone but you guys. And then number two, it was just a real talk about just how shit's going, you know? And so I posted an audio clip that I took out of my podcast and I put it on TikTok as well as Instagram. And um, when I posted it, uh, as of right now, I have 2,600 plus saves, 740 plus comments, 57 plus thousand likes, and over 3,100 shares. So like sent to people. And then under my audio sound, so then people were like, oh my gosh, can you make this a sound? Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, sure. Um, so then I have, let's see how many people, 308 videos so far using my sound. And then I had some people who have also taken it on to Instagram and like used my sound on Instagram or like took the sound and reposted their TikTok. So it like didn't give me credit, but I think you guys who have gone on to these pages and like commented on it, obviously no ill intention, but the beauty behind like an audio clip like that is that hopefully more people can discover my podcast, you know, and discover me and discover our community um, and another relatable mom that they might need in their life, you know? And so I hope that this week I have someone new. Um, and, and if you're new, I would love to hear from you. So make sure you guys have listened to my last week's episode. And if you are new and you came here because you're like a mama, you're struggling, you're kind of going through it right now, go listen to my few, my episode a few weeks ago called Who the Fuck Am I Anymore? I feel like that episode really struck a chord in not only my heart, but a lot of others who listen. So again, welcome if you're new. And if you're just my OG, like what the hell's up? Happy Sunday. We do have an explicit podcast per usual. Per usual, okay? I have always been and always will have a sailor mouth. Okay. Maddox is starting to be a little bit of a parrot. So I am trying to dim it down. But with that being said, I almost have all these like pent up F words from the the day. And so when I come here to record, I'm just like, fuck, 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 fuck. You know? So I, I apologize. I apologize. Okay. I'm really trying to be classy, but it's just sometimes it's not my style. Okay. But with that being said, um, happy Sunday. Okay. Today is a huge day for me because, well, it's not like on the dot, but today DBFT fit guide 1.0 went live. And so it's a really like memorable day for me to celebrate five years since my first ever fitness program dropped. We had my first ever program was called DBFT fit guide 1.0. This was my first like legit program. Okay. Prior to this, I tried to make like a little like booty program, um, like a six week booty building program. Uh, what else did I do? I did like, um, fit in six. It was a six week program. I've always been one to name them something cool. Right. But DBFT fit guide was one of my first 
guides that came out that I like offered a Facebook group and like started my actual community. And so I really just wanted to celebrate that this year by doing what a lot of people have requested. And that's bringing my old PDF programs to my app. So DBFT one fit, fit guide 1.0 is live right now for $55 this week to celebrate five years. You get an eight week program five days per week, a new workout split week one through four, and then week five through eight. So you have two months of workouts covered and it's a really, really great split. I've went through, I've revamped and I've upgraded it. So it's a little bit different than even what I had in the PDF. So flashback to where I was five years ago, we're going to start over. I'm going to lay out the land for you guys. I really feel like I don't share my story enough and I'll talk about why, but I went back all my old education that I had in the education that I have now, I've created a bigger and better program. So this is your chance to join the app, have a program for literally two fucking months. You don't have to think about what you're doing in the gym for two months. And I, I promise you, if you put forth effort in the gym and work on your diet, and I'm not talking diet, like going to weight loss, I'm just saying overall nutrition, I promise you, you will get results. Okay. And if you need more help, email me. I will be glad to give you some advice or give you some one-on-one coaching or connect you with one of my coaches on our team. So I'm really excited for that. You can check the link in the bio description box show notes to purchase that today. This week only it is $55. After that, it goes up to 65. We have a whole new app coming. And so you will have access as a user to this new app upgrade that you're not going to want to fucking miss, dude. Like I told you, I will tell you guys home blue in the face. This is the app that I've been visioning having. And I'm finally five, well, not really five because I got my app like two years in. So I think three years ago, almost three years, I've got my app. And um, I, I now have what I wanted out of the app in the first place, but didn't have the money to invest. This was a huge fucking upgrade. And it almost makes me want to throw up with how much, that we had to invest as a company into this app, but you guys will fucking love it. And I'm excited for you guys to be proud of what you use. Like so many of you already love the app and are like, Des, this is the best app I've ever had. And I'm so glad, but bitch, we're making it better. I'm making it better out with the old in with the new. Okay. So that is the biggest thing that's happening today. And I just want to take a second to flex my muscles physically and metaphorically to say I fucking made it. I remember taking that leap as an entrepreneur, little 22, 21 year old me scared. Okay. I'm going to have to find a job probably in another year. Cause you know, this isn't going to last. And here we are still hustling, still grinding because of you guys and your support. And so I just want to extend an additional thank you for allowing me to do what I do and do what I love as my full-time job, full-time, never ending job. I love it. Thank you so much. And I cannot wait to share what else is coming. What else is coming? <laughs> oh, baby. It's going to be big. Okay, so besides that, I bought something this week. I bought quite a few things. Number one, I am addicted to phone cases. And the only reason I will not be getting the new iPhone is because I have way too many fucking iPhone 13 Pro Max cases that have costed me more money than I want to admit. Okay. I, I literally save to buy new cases. I will find, and I will nickel and dime for a new case to then save up for a new one. I will Amazon $2 cases so I can save up for like a $30 case. 
that is just my toxic trait. And I sign up for every email list of every phone case company that I love so that whenever they send out like flash 20% off, I'm like, boom, bought, <laughs> add to cart, <laughs> check out. So that is one thing I bought this week is I bought like brand new phone cases from Casetify. I really love their high impact phone cases. They're very protective while being stylish. Love that for me. Love Casetify. Other recommendation would be Flaunt. I've used them since I, I lived in Florida. So I think found them in 2018. F-L-A-U-N-T, like flaunting, flaunt. They're square cases. Love them. They've come out with way more designs. Absolutely obsessed. The other phone cases that I love are called Wildflower phone cases. These came out in like 2012, dude. I had the original OG Wildflower case on my iPhone 3G fucking brick S. And here we are, Wildflower still crushing it. Call her daddy. I don't listen to the podcast too, too often, but I gotta say, Alex Cooper's been busting out some shit with some pretty good fucking interviewees. So I listened to their episode um, the past week uh, with Sydney Carlson and um, Devin Carlson, and they're the ones that own Wildflower Cases. And it was really cool to hear their story and their background of how the case company was created. I've always wanted to own a phone case company because I'm fucking obsessed. You know, that's why some of my merch drops include phone cases because I love them. But that was a really cool episode. So definitely go listen to those. But those are my three favorite case companies. So if you have never purchased, go do it. I do not have a code. So don't ask, but that would be cool. Outside of that, we had a pretty crazy week because guess what came back on TV? That's exactly right. Handmaid's Tale. Okay, if you have not watched, bitch, get with the times. Get with the fucking times, okay? Handmaid's Tale started in 2017, debuted. Five seasons, season five, we're kicking it off. It is not only the, it's season five, it is also the last season, dude. Shit is about, dude, get, dude, literally dude. Gilead, what is gonna happen? What is gonna, I'm so ready. So if you guys have not listened, I do not wanna spoil anything yet. It is Wednesday night as of right now. I usually record on Wednesdays. So I am anxious to see what happens tonight. It's a two episode premiere. Girl, I'm not going to sleep till midnight. Okay, turn up. Let's go. Other thing that I've really loved this week, Devil in Ohio. Okay, I think I might have mentioned last week or it might've just been on my Instagram story. Devil in Ohio, I started. There's something so terrifying when you are starting a show and it starts with a girl running through the fucking corn. You know, it's corn. A big lump of knobs. It's got the juice. It's got the juice. I can't imagine a more beautiful thing. But corn is scary as shit, okay? Corn, sweet corn tastes good as hell. But if you're running through it, there is something terrifying about corn. I I don't know if it's like an 80s thriller like terror in me, but running through corn is not it. I also think about how itchy you would be, not the vibe. Okay. But when you start your, when you start the series running through corn, I know that shit's going to be good. So I bit, all right. I watched it all. I finished it. Genuinely can tell you pretty good fucking ending, pretty good ending. I'm not one to usually do that. I'm pretty, I'm a hard critic. Okay. And when I do not appreciate an ending. I will be like, that show sucked. 
that show needs help. Okay. I'm going to Yelp review and leave a bad review. Not really, but, um, I, I get mad. Like I'm like, damn, I wasted my whole energy and my whole time. Okay. My time is precious. However, I will say worth, worth watching devil in Ohio. Highly recommend. Um, past week, queen Elizabeth died. Yeah. That's another thing that happened. Um, pretty fucking nuts also, to be honest. I mean, at one point, didn't we all kind of think she would just kind of keep living forever? Like I could have swore she would outlive me. That's just like the vibe I was getting, like carry on. You know, I was almost waiting for it to be like a joke because I feel like at this point, the Royal family would do that for clout. Like, Hey, let's just hide grandma. Let's just hide nanny away. And then like, let's just move on. Like it's my time to shine. I finally want to be delegated to a higher power, you know, like what was it? Prince Charles, right? Wasn't he like Prince for like three centuries? He's like, hello, hello, Elizabeth. Can I please have a, a promotion? You know? So that was a little bit nuts. Obviously rest in peace to her. I mean, damn, she did her job uh, for a long time. And I've never watched The Crown, but I heard that was also a banger. So if you guys have ever taken the time to watch The Crown, let me know if it's worth it because it seems a little slow, but it also seems oddly parallel. Like, I mean, obviously on purpose, but like, so let me know. Other than that, uh, what else is going on this week? Obviously last week we had story launch, Paragon launch. I hope you guys pick something up good. I hope you pick something good up. You deserve it. Or, or you need to save your money or you saved your money for today's program. You know what I mean? No shade. You do what you need to do. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Gather in. Gather in. There is a new Petula launch coming. Okay. Don't um, shoot the messenger. But it's, um, it's all bare fabric. Okay. Just be ready uh, to hide your packages from your husband or your boyfriend or girlfriend. That's it. Anyways, um, yeah, that that's kind of it. Skincare corner this week, dude. I ordered new eye gels. Um, and I feel like my other skincare corner would genuinely be my Tula pH pads. I've always loved these balancing act pads, but I've been going through some terrible hormonal breakouts. Like a few weeks ago, I had one so bad, dude. It scared me away from using any products. Like it scared the shit out of me because I was like, dude, nothing's working. So I went to my esthetician. You guys know the vibes. Leah Hotter, skincare by Leah. We love her. The skin bar, St. Joseph. So she was like, yeah, your skin barrier looks a little damaged. And what that means you guessed it. I was over treating my face. Okay. I was using, I think I was using my acne correcting gel, which it contains salicylic acid. Not a lot. Okay. Only like 2%, but I was using it enough, like two, almost two times per day. And although my skin built a little bit of a tolerance to it, it still damaged that barrier. So I actually completely removed everything out of my skincare besides cleanser, moisturizer, SPF for like two weeks. And then I slowly started to bring it back in. And the one thing that I've really kept in, I've actually taken out all salicylic besides probably once or twice per week at night. But I have only stuck to, I do cleanser. 
I kind of switch up my cleanser. Sometimes I'll do my acne cleanser, which might contain a little bit of salicylic acid, but the one I'm using actually is the sulfur um, acne cleanser, the three in one that they have. I've been using that. Then I'll get out or, you know, I'll wipe off my face. I'll use my pH balancing act pads, which I just, I love. I love the pads. They're so convenient for travel and they're refillable. Then I'll put on my wrinkle treatment serum at night or in the morning, I'll put on my vitamin C and then I'll follow with moisturizer. And then in the morning SPF, that's it. Like I've not added anything else in because I'm like, bitch, no, we are not going there. So I've actually been taking a huge step back from my treatments um, and it feels good. So we're going into weather change and I want you guys to be aware your skin will change. All right. If you felt a little bit more acne prone in the summer, makes sense. Okay. We're hot. We're sweaty. Um, we just see a lot more sebum buildup, et cetera. When we're heading into the winter, we're going to see a lot more dryness. And oftentimes a lot of major acne breakouts will kind of die down a little bit, depending on where you live, obviously. So I'm kind of gearing up for my huge shift in my skin, which usually results in me kind of sticking to more of a nourishing, hydrating skin type, like performance based of like products. So I love my beauty sleep moisturizer. I love using my 24 seven moisturizer, anything that's super thick. That's what I really love. Now, if you listen to our episode, probably about a month or two ago now with Esther, she's a cosmetic scientist. She did mention how you can kind of like watch how much application of sunscreen you do if you're inside. Um, so if we're heading into winter, um, we can kind of, you know, take a little step back of SPF, at least for application. But just a reminder, when you are outside, I know I'm already talking about snow, bitch. I'm sorry. But when it is snowy outside, that the way the sun can reflect onto the fucking snow is crazy, okay? And that can still result in sun damage as well as just those sunshiny days, okay? So make sure that you're wearing your sunscreen in the winter. I know it sounds crazy, but please do it. Another thing I want to mention is eye health. Eye health. Make sure you get yourself a good pair of UV glasses, UV protection sunglasses. For real. Dude, you know what I'm talking about when you're like hitting the slopes, you're skiing, or even just you're outside. It's And you're like, holy shit, dude, it's so fucking white outside. I'm blind. Wear sunglasses. Please, please, please. Okay. So that's my skincare corner. A few recommendations. Um, and then my last recommendation let me just, okay. You have 10 seconds to fast forward. If you are my mom, if you're my sister, if you're anyone in my family, if you don't want to hear about anything sexual, please fast forward. I will give you, let's take a chug break. And then if you don't want to listen by the end of the chug break, fucking literally fast forward, probably like three minutes. Okay, here we go. Keep going. Okay, if you're here, let's talk about sucking dick. No, I'm just playing. I'm not playing, but that was really vulgar, okay? If you are like me, if you are like any woman, okay, let's be very transparent here. I think some people over-sexualize themselves, like they act hypersexual when it's like, girl, I know you don't get down like that. You know, there are some people out there, don't get me wrong, girl, I wish I had your sex drive for real. I really do. But for me, it is difficult, especially breastfeeding, dude. You don't want anyone even near you, okay? However, I will tell you what's made things kind of fun. 
and I've mentioned this a few few times in past episodes, Vibes Only is my new favorite sex company, okay? Raina and Ashley from Girls Gotta Eat started their company, Vibes Only, okay? This is a pleasure company. You know, if you want to call it sex toys, and like not really yet. They're kind of expanding. We'll see what they do. But Vibes Only came out with this thing called Blow Gel, which you guessed it, sucking dick, make it taste better, period, okay? They came out with a new flavor called like Vanilla Frosting, Right now I have the mango. That was their first flavor out. (laughs) I really pray that no one is listening right now that shouldn't be. When I tell you that it can taste like a lollipop, (laughs) I'm I'm not lying. Okay. And I'm just out here trying to help you guys, okay? Because I understand how fucking hard it is to be in the trenches. All right. All right. I'm just here to spread the fucking gospel. All right. So go to Vibes Only, dude. Get their get their blow gel. I'm telling you, even for even for your significant other, to 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 do it for you, to put it put it on you when they go down south. It's a it's just a good party for everyone. So I will be reviewing that next week. <laughs> if it gets here in time, I will let you guys know how vanilla, how the vanilla frosting tastes, but for real. Okay. Let's be honest. It's so, it's not fun. I'm, I am so sorry. Like some of you might be listening and be like, Oh my God, I love Dick. And I'm like, I don't, I don't. They're so ugly. It's, it's nasty. It's wrinkly. Dudes are always just like sweating. Ugh. I'm telling you, if you do not shower before this happens, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And I'm being vulnerable and I'm telling you guys, and I know some of you out there are nodding your head like, yes, thank you so much. I'm going to tell my spouse this. I'm going to tell my significant other this, that they need to shower first. And so do we like, listen, I'm playing both roles here. Okay. Like I just, I believe in hygiene, hygiene before that kind of activity. Now it's one thing if you're like a little, you know, a little fucked up, maybe at the bar, you know, we're in college, you know, we're fucking around, but listen, we're adults now shower. All right, that's all I got. Okay, so let's get into this episode and go. Before we officially get into today's episode, I did want to thank my partners better help. Because of them, I have been getting better with help. BetterHelp is an online teletherapy program, and within a 72-hour period, you can be matched with your own personal therapist that is applicable to you and what you are going through. This is an app that is directly on your phone. You're able to communicate with your therapist right then and there, and they are also going to be licensed to you based off of your location. So this isn't a, this isn't no funny business. This isn't no, you know, not qualified people helping you. These are educated professionals there to listen to you. If you use code DESB at checkout, you are able to get 10% off of your first month, or you can use my link betterhelp.com slash DESB and you will get 10% off of your first month. I've been with BetterHelp for over a year and a half now and it has just really been a home away from home for me while I'm able to stay in 
my home. There's not a lot of licensed professionals near me that I would feel comfortable going to. And to be honest, I don't have the fucking time. So to be able to hop on my app and schedule a call when it is available to me is pretty huge and pretty awesome. So again, with code DESBY, you can get 10% off of your first month. And you can also click the link in the show notes description box link in bio and follow that as well. You'll fill out a questionnaire. And like I said, you'll be matched with a licensed therapist. So thank you, BetterHelp, for sponsoring this podcast and get better today. So I don't usually talk about my journey a lot because I, okay, here's the thing. I get really insecure when I feel like I tell the same story a lot. So there's some people out there who maybe they, their, their story, their journey is like drastic change, drastic transformation. They, I don't even know what it could be, right? Maybe they completely moved across the country and had to learn a new language. And then they started doing this and then they made a company and they're a millionaire now. And that that's like all they post about. I get embarrassed to do that. Like I get embarrassed even talking about like Maddox being a preemie because I, this is, this is what I think in my head. Again, probably 90% of people aren't saying this, but I picture people in my head be like, "Eh, yeah, Des, we fucking get it. He was premature. Get over it. So like when it comes to talking about my journey or sharing like a bunch of my transformations, I'm trying to get out of my own way of doing that. Because it's like sometimes there's always new people. There's always new people that are seeing my stuff and they don't understand what I went through or what changed or how I came through and, you know, or what I, what I did, how I started, where I was. Some people, when I say, yeah, I worked at Wendy's, they're like, what the fuck? You had a job? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yes, I did. Um, so it's stuff like that where I, I need to get out of my own way and share it a little bit more. And so that's why I kind of wanted to take you guys down memory lane and really talk about like how I got where I'm at now, because maybe you met me online when I was going for my pro card. You don't know what happened before then. You don't know what led me into bodybuilding. You don't know anything. You know what I mean? You just kind of picked up. Maybe you started following me when I started having kids. And so you have no fucking clue who I was before you even saw me announce that I was pregnant, you know, or whatever it might be. Or anyways, you get my point. I wanted to share my journey. And sometimes it's just fun because you just kind of like pick up different parts and then you're like, oh, wow, like that's crazy. I didn't know that, you know, whatever. So I just kind of want to start. Let me just start. All right. Who was I as a kid, right? I was a kid that would do every sport possible, every sport possible. When I was, hmm, when I was like in fourth grade, my mom and dad started going through a divorce. So I don't know how old I would be. I'd be nine, nine or 10. And um, during that time, it really forced me to kind of like grow up very fast. I was already athletic. I was already always wanted to be the best. Like that was never an issue for me. It was never like, Des, come on, you got to go to practice. It was like, okay, like I would race my parents out to the car um, to, to get to practice. You know, like I was always like, fuck yeah, practice, you know, whatever. So when my parents got divorced, it was a little bit difficult because we did not come from like good money, you know, like, like at all. Um, we're very grateful to have like a roof over our head. My dad drove semi, he was gone a lot. Um, and the more I've kind of just sat and processed my childhood, the more I realize how much of it was not spent with my dad because he, he really did work a lot, like 
he would be gone for like weeks at a time, a week at a time, multiple days doing cross country semi shit. Okay. Sometimes we would go with him. And I remember very vividly one time him playing Barbies in his semi truck that had like bunk beds and he would play Barbies with me. And, um, it was just, it's one thing that's like ingrained in my mind. And I just always really love him for those times that we had. So once they got divorced, it was just kind of like, okay, I had a split time between my mom and my dad. I remember always feeling super guilty in that. And then my little sister obviously was two grades younger than me, although she was only 15 months younger than me. So she, like I was in fourth grade, but she was technically in second. So she was super young and I had to like very much mature very fast. So by the time I was in fifth grade, you would think I was like in high school, not really, but I just always had a pretty good head on my shoulders. In fifth grade, I was always the one who was doing like the school news, which I only say that because you can be like, oh yeah, that makes total fucking sense. Like I was always the one that was like, I, I'll write the script. I like, <laughs> I want to be the one to talk. And I always tell Wyatt this story. It's really funny. Um, in fifth grade, I went out to be my like grades vice president. All right. Like student council, you know, and, uh, I only didn't do president because I didn't want to be like the, the most high up. Like I wanted, like, I was like, okay, I don't have that much time. I have basketball and I was playing floor hockey. So I want to be vice president. I was very strategic with my time. So during my vice president's speech, I vividly remember promising longer recesses and that I was going to get them to extend it. And, uh, yeah, once I won, that never happened. Like, and that is just, that is a good proof that politics are a lie because, uh, I used that for people to vote for me for sure. And, and they did, and then it never happened. So watch who you vote for, (laughs) but, um, going forward into middle school, I, you know, I ventured into cheerleading. I was big into basketball and I wanted to be the first woman in the WNBA or I'm sorry, first woman in the NBA. I did not want to be in the WNBA. I wanted to be a woman playing in the NBA. Yes. Like I'm talking straight up. I want to play with the boys. All right. So I was very intense in basketball and I'm not going to lie. I was really fucking good. Um, my mom and my dad, although they did not make money a lot at all. Um, my parents would always make sure that I could play travel sports with travel sports comes a lot of traveling, obviously a lot of hotels, a lot of everything, you know, but they always made it happen for me. And my sister really wasn't into sports. So it's not that they wouldn't do it for her, but she was just kind of like, nah, like I'm like, I'm literally good. She was a horse girl. Yeah, she was that. She was that. She, she loved horses and she wanted to be on a ranch for sure. That was her. So I was always the one that was kind of doing sports. Fast forward, I ended up going to high school and I was the, you know, the one that made varsity for everything, you know, whatever. The only sport that I did not make varsity for was basketball. And that was because I told my coach transparently that I was going to be transferring. So I transferred schools the middle of my freshman year to Barron Springs. And I really loved Barry and I had the, the most beautiful experience there. And, um, I just am forever indebted into being a shamrock, like loved it. Just loved overall loved my high school experience. So going into high school, um, 
in my sophomore year, I was accepted into a program like a college readiness program called Professional Health Career Academy. It was actually really intense. You had to interview for it. You had to take certain tests to get into it. And only a certain select number of students were approved. During that time in sophomore, my sophomore year, I was playing basketball again. So I was getting on varsity, doing some warm up stuff um, for season. And I just got done playing volleyball. And it was like a standout year for me playing volleyball. Like I was like really coming up. I was like kind of that bitch. People were like, holy shit, where'd she come from? Um, you know, stuff like that. So going into then I was playing travel volleyball, getting ready to play travel volleyball and playing basketball. It was, um, it was good until December, um, or I'm sorry, November. I was going for a layup with literally maybe, maybe one minute of practice left in basketball. And I went for a layup and I went to plant uh, to get the defense off me and my knee just kept going, resulting in a complete ACL tear and uh, meniscus, everything. Like my orthopedic surgeon literally said, I would think you were a football player. Your knee is fucked up. So after that, travel volleyball is over. I couldn't do that. I was out for about six months. Couldn't play basketball. Obviously I was in physical therapy and along with professional health career Academy, this is when I kind of decided I really wanted to go into the medical field. I wanted to be a, a physical therapist. So I was in like operating rooms, um, saw, saw a lot of tonsils, adenoids, um, removal, stuff like that. And from there I got, uh, you know, really bummed out because this was going to be, this was really going to be my year for volleyball. Like it was going to be a huge recruiting year for me. Sophomore year is usually when a lot of D ones pick up their players and I wanted to go D one. I wanted to play at Western Michigan university because that, that prior summer I went to a camp there for volleyball and I said, I'm going to play here. That was my goal. I'm going to play here. This was 2011. So going into, um, 2012, 2013, I recover from my ACL and, um, I was going to pancake a volleyball in August of 2012. So this is, uh, almost, uh, like nine months after my ACL and I went to go pancake a ball. This was a parent night. So this is when they kind of got to come see what the team's going to look like. We got a new coach. We were bound to go to state. It was pretty intense. I went to go pancake a ball and my setter came down on top of me with her elbow and my hand kind of went Meh, and I was like, what the fuck? Oh, I jammed my finger. Kept playing, you know, no big deal. I go to the fair that night. I go to the EMTs and uh, I'm like, Hey, can you pull like my finger? It's jammed. You know, I just need help. They're like, um, your hand is broken. I'm like, what the fuck? So hands broken. I still kept playing volleyball. I went and got surgery, had to literally get plates and screws put in it, still have them to this day. And I was dead ass playing volleyball in a fucking splint and I was blocking with one hand. <laughs> Bro, I do not quit. Okay, I do not fucking quit. So after that, uh, we had a great year for volleyball. Um, I was actually like all academic, um, all region and then all conference. And then going into senior year, I went into EMT school, um, to kind of become, you know, obviously an emergency medical technician. And I never 
finalized my test, but my goal was to be an EMT while I was at Kalamazoo Valley Community College. That's where I ended up committing to for volleyball. Went went uh, community college route because I knew I could go D1 after that. And my goal was still to play at Western. So I uh, thought I was going to be an EMT. Well, we get to Kalamazoo Valley and I meet all my friends, meet all my teammates. And after my first season at KVCC, I knew I wanted to play at Western. I knew I was ready. I knew I could do it. And I will never forget the call from Coach Munson telling me that they had a spot and would love to have me as a walk-on. That was the probably the, one of the best feelings ever in my life. Um, and it was funny because my coach at KVCC told me, like, I probably could never do it. And uh, he was like, yeah, you probably can't go D1. Like, you're too short, whatever. But I went into Western, and I practiced to be a defensive specialist libero, and that was what I did. So uh, 2013 rolls around. I'm in school for exercise science. I transfer to Western. This is when I meet Wyatt in the dorm hallway. We kind of exchanged looks. He was wearing a man bun, kind of thought he was hot, but was like, ew, he's younger. I can't do that. That's weird. And that was it. So we do volleyball season. Everything goes great. And uh, we ended up winning the MAC championship. So we went to the NCAA tournament. I got a ring. Um, We all got rings, obviously we got demolished in the first round of the NCAA tournament, but it was still fucking great. Like it was so cool. Um, honestly, the most surreal ever. Um, I didn't get to play like a ton, a ton, but I definitely, I, there was no one that worked as hard as me. Um, in, in like even mental reps, like I, I loved what I did, even though I sat the bench, I loved what I did. I was the biggest cheerleader. Like I, and I think anyone who even played with me during that time, there's no doubt. I think they would all agree. Like no one cheered harder than me. I might've not played all the time, but like I would always be cheering. So, um, it was just, it was so great. So I had my exit interview after the Mac championship and they're like, here's what we really want you to get better at, you know, whatever. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, whatever. So we went into spring training and went into summer training to prep for the um, upcoming year, obviously. So we're getting done with spring training. Remind you, I'm still in school for exercise science. You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm living my best life. I'm literally playing at my dream school. I'm an athlete. I'm at this point in time, Wyatt and I started talking um, and hook, hooking up. <laughs> and I was just, I was so happy. You know, I was crushing it. And I knew I still wanted to be a physical therapist, right? Nothing has changed. It all changed in 2013. Um, or I guess 14, sorry. I was, or wait, shit. <laughs> 15, 2015. What the fuck am I talking about? 2015. We were on our, one of our last days of spring training. And what all the girls do um, for volleyball is we actually spend the night in the field house. It's kind of like a rite of passage, I guess. You know, it's like the last day you all wake up together and then you go to your final spring training before you get into summer training for the next season. So um, we had exit meetings, another like kind of like review meeting of kind of like everything. And uh, it was that it was that day. It was my turn. So I went into my coach's office and um, a few days prior, we had a scrimmage that I just, I played out of my mind, dude. I was, I was feeling so fucking confident. And at some point I got pulled from like the, the, 
a scrimmage. And I remember being so mad because I'm like, dude, I was, I was playing so good. And my mom came and like my little brother was there. My, some of my family came and I was just so mad that I wasn't playing. Um, relatable, right? So once I got into the meeting, we had a really great talk. And at the end I was like, okay, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything like about, you know, me being benched, whatever. I'm not going to say anything. And then my coach started going off about how I had like a bad attitude and I kind of just let it go. That was the Aries in me that I was just kind of like, nope, that you're not going to tell me that because here's what I have to say too. And I remember being very, very presentable about the way I was talking. I I was actually in like a communications class at the time. So saying, I, I feel blank because you blank. And I would like blank. I used very, I remember vividly using very like, here's how I feel and here's why, you know, whatever. So immediately I just start bawling my eyes out, explaining how, you know, I would love to get better and I want to be my best, but like, I'm, I'm not even allowed to be in certain drills. How can I be better? How can I be my best self when I, I'm not allowed to practice it? You know? Um, and I kind of just went off about that. I remember clear as day. I never cussed. I never did anything in the whole time my coach and the other coaches in there, they were all nodding their heads, kind of listening. And so I like kept talking because I was like, okay, they're really understanding what I'm saying. Um, and at that time I stopped talking and again, I'm crying. And she looks at me and says, I thank you so much, uh, for, you know, being so honest. You can leave now. And I was like shocked shocked. So I leave, I'm bawling my eyes out. I go out into the locker room and all my teammates are like, what's going on? And I'm, I'm just crying. They're like, Des, you're totally fine. She like, she gets like this all the time and you know, whatever. Um, just don't worry about it. It'll be fine tomorrow. Like, you know, whatever. And, uh, a lot of the other, even the seniors, you know, were like, dude, like people have told her worse. However, my coach has a great track record at this time of like, kicking people off the team. So I was scared. So we had our overnight. We're all playing, having a good time. And the next morning we wake up, you know, 5 a.m. We're on the track. We're running. We're doing our last sprint and agilities and all of our weight training, et cetera, uh, to gear up for summer. And uh, she walks through the weight training room and talks to our trainer. And then at the end of practice, we're stretching and our trainer goes, Des, um, Colleen wants to see you in her office. And I remember walking up the stairs, like I literally can see myself doing this because this day transformed my whole life, walking up the stairs and thinking, okay, she, she's going to apologize to me, right? Literally, this is what I was thinking, dude. And I hope, I do not even think this was narcissistic, but I'm like, maybe she's going to apologize for me to me about like, kind of like kicking me out, but like, I'm going to for sure apologize to her for like also getting so emotional. You know, I respect her as a coach and, and I didn't mean for it to come off to like, you know, cry baby. So I'm like, well, what if she doesn't apologize to me? What if she wants me to apologize? Well, I'm going to do that, whatever. So I sit down and they're all in there again. And I'm, I'm like, hi, you know, like I'm uppity, cheery, just finished our last workout. We finished by the way. Okay. This is done after our workout. And she literally just got straight to the point and said something along the lines of like, as much as I applaud you for your honesty. Um, you have disrespected the team. You've disrespected this program and me as a coach, and you are no longer allowed on the team. And even saying that out loud right now makes me really emotional. 
because I remember asking like why and almost begging to like stay on. Like volleyball was everything to me. And there's a lot to unpack here because it's just, it was so embarrassing to be at a university and have that go around campus. And so many people thought, even in my hometown, they made up rumors that I like, I drank and I got kicked off the team and that like I did drugs and I got kicked off the team. And all I wanted to do was be the best player ever, like my best self. And all I wanted to do was play volleyball with my friends and everything I worked for, for years to be in that position was just ripped from under me. And I remember begging to stay on the team. And she told me that like their decision was made. And one thing that she told me that really affected me and still does to this day. Is she told me that. You think that you are a lot better than you are. And that haunts me in everything that I do. And I don't think that she'll ever recognize that. And since this time, or should I say after I left, I guess I'll cover that first. I went down the stairs and I went in the locker room and I just, I physically felt my knees. Like it was so shattering to me. I did not know myself out of outside of being an athlete (sighs) wow this is way more emotional like thinking you know living this back than I thought everyone was so upset I remember I had some upperclassmen like senior friends who said they were going to go up and talk to her like they were like what the fuck like she can't do that and they were so sad for me too and over the next few days I had to clean out my locker I skipped classes for quite a few days, maybe even a week. I didn't go to class. I just laid in bed and I didn't know what I wanted to do or how to do. I, I didn't have early enrollment anymore as a student athlete. So like some of my classes that I had to then schedule for summer or spring, I'm sorry, fall. I couldn't, I don't know if I'd be able to get into, like it really threw a wrench in like everything, a part of my college experience. And uh, so after that, I cleaned out my locker and I really said goodbye to volleyball. And I I lost a lot of my friends because they went into season and they all, you know, bonded with each other, obviously being with each other all day. And I just really didn't get to see anyone anymore. And since this day, I have actually communicated with my old coach and we've exchanged emails and uh, just last winter actually Wyatt reached out to her um sorry this is gonna make me cry again he reached out to her and was able to get my volleyball jersey like my number eight and he put it in this beautiful shadow box for me as a Christmas gift and um I think in some part, you know, she just said, I hope you guys are well. And, and that really meant a lot to me. 
So at this point in time, this is when I really fell into a really big depression. And like I said, I was so embarrassed. I drank a lot, like a lot. And I was, I was really partying like a lot. (laughs) And, um, I just kind of didn't know what to do. So I really dove into school. You know, I really dove into my classwork because I loved exercising. I loved working out. I loved everything. And so I started using the student rec um, because obviously I used to be able to have a private gym in our field house. So I started lifting out, you know, in front of people. I had to get a job, you know, obviously, (laughs) Um, because I finally had time to have one. I worked at a a fireworks store and uh, at home home decor store. I also was a preschool, um, kind of like a preschool. I don't want to say it, uh, not a teacher, obviously. Um, I'd have to be there in the morning, like a preschool, uh, babysitter. Like, I don't know what to call it. It was a preschool, like before school program and an after school program for like almost like daycare, early pickup, late pickup, whatever. I wish I could see those kids nowadays. I feel like, I think they'd be probably in like almost eighth grade. Anyways. Um, had a lot of random jobs, but I, um, you know, was so embarrassed for so long um, because, again, there were just all these things circulating of what actually happened when no one actually understood what what happened. So from there, um, it was a year later. Well, <clears throat> at that time, let's you know, twenty fourteen. Let's wrap that up. Twenty fifteen. Sorry. Um, I, I got into CrossFit and, uh, my dad, you know, got me into CrossFit and I was CrossFitting, which I had dabbled in it before actually during season when I would go home and visit me and my dad would do a class together or something. So I dove into CrossFit, dove into Olympic lifting, and then I hurt my knee and my orthopedic surgeon who I went back to, he said, you can, you literally cannot run again. You cannot, you have to be careful how you lift. Um, if, if you want to be on the ground with your kids one day, which LOL, um, you need to take care of your knees. You have a lot of arthritic changes already happening, mostly because my ACL. So I started, um, I stopped CrossFit and I looked into, someone asked me, I was at a Bronson Health Club and this person actually came up to me. Um, I wish I remember who it was. It was someone I knew. And they said, do you do bodybuilding? And I was like, What? Like I had no idea what bodybuilding was. I didn't know Arnold Schwarzenegger. I didn't know the Arnold. I didn't know anything. And, uh, so I went home that night and I Googled, you know, what is bodybuilding? And I, I just started bodybuilding. I I used my schoolwork that I was learning from exercise science and learning biomechanics and how to develop workout programs and stuff. Um, and I made my own workouts and I started sharing it on Instagram, started recording myself in the rec center, um, started recording myself at my CrossFit gym cause I was still just lifting there. And then I got a job at West Hills athletic club. And, um, during this time I was working there and I was actually, uh, going through my personal trainer stuff there to, to train. So I took on a few clients. I, I taught a few girls that I coached volleyball for and stuff like this. And I did coach travel volleyball. So then it kind of led into the fact I really love training people. I don't think I want to do physical therapy anymore. I I would rather work on prehab. So I would love to do like work with sports specific athletes and do more athletic training slash sports training. So I changed my direction in my major to minor in my business, minor in business, 
have an idea of business because I knew one day I wanted to own my own business. I didn't know what at the time. Fast forward, uh, I graduate college and I got done. I did my first ever bikini shows and I won them. I did great and I kept going. So um, that at that point in time, I started taking on people online and sending them workout programs, six-week workout programs for $40. You could PayPal me. I'd, I'd make you a whole personal program and send you it over. Um, and I'd send you over like detailed instructions via email based off your goal, what you should be doing. <laughs> so um, after that, I did that until I became officially certified as a personal trainer. And I was working at Wendy's uh, corporate in their workout facility. So yes, Wendy's, like the hamburgers, their headquarters in Ohio, they have a corporate wellness center where you can go like on your break and go do personal training or classes or whatever. So I did that. And uh, then while I was there, I, I had so much downtime, dude. I was in my internship. And if I wasn't programming for a class that I was teaching there or like cycle or something like that, I just kind of sat around, you know, I did some work. I, I did some kind of like a wellness evaluations on some of the employees talked about goals, stuff like that. And then I would just kind of sit there all day, you know, I'd clean up the equipment, whatever. And so I started working on the computer on a program and I would just kind of write it out. And during my work breaks, I would kind of type more and, you know, make this program, whatever. And I found a graphic designer who could put it in an ebook. And I was like, holy shit, here's the first thing I'm going to do. So I created a free website on Wix And, um, I figured out all by myself, like looking back, I don't know how the fuck I did it. I'd had so many sleepless nights. I was just up on my laptop. I had a little surface like a windows surface tablet. Um, and I would work all night. Um, cause I had no one else in Ohio. I had no one, not even Wyatt. So it was literally just me and my Instagram. I would talk all the time on my Instagram because I was all alone. And, um, that was it. You know, I would lift work and whatever. So then September of, um, 2017, I created the, you know, DBFT one, 1.0 and put it up to launch. So that, that day I remember I was, I was uh, flying home from somewhere with Wyatt. I don't know what we did or what was going on. And I remember it launched and I, all of a sudden I started getting emails. You sold a program, sold a program, sold it, sold it, sold, 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 All of a sudden this, I think it was $40, this $40 program I had sold hundreds of them. And I was like, holy shit. This, like, this is what I've worked for. This, this is it. So um, once I was able to put in my two weeks for my job um, at Wendy's, because I took over for maternity leave for one of the employees, by Thanksgiving, I quit. And I moved in with my grandma back in my hometown um, until Wyatt finished college, because he still technically had one more year than me. And... Um, and I, I worked, dude. I fucking worked. I hustled. I grinded. I was on phone calls almost every day doing calls for coaching. Um, this is when I was able to. I had so much more time to delegate to coaching and things like this. And um, I, dude, all I did was work. All I did was work. All I did was fucking work. Like, holy shit, dude. I did, I did nothing but work and track my fucking macros, bro. Like, that was it. And go to the gym and create swipe videos. So come up to 2018, uh, I go into my first prep again. This is my second prep ever. And, uh, you know, I prep whatever, I end up going pro, become an IFBB bikini pro. I went pro at Miss, uh, at teen, team universe. Um, it's a, a big, you know, pro event in, um, it's technically like 
TNR or something, New Jersey, but basically New York. Went pro, came back two weeks later, got my boobs done. Um, then we moved to Florida two weeks after that. Once I was in Florida, um, I went through quite a depressive episode, which if you haven't listened to my episode called my $15,000 mistake, that's exactly what that part of my life was. Um, it's actually really hard for me to think back about living in Florida because as great as it was for my, my life and my growth in my business and, and, you know, bringing on my first employee, Emily, and navigating, you know, everything and actually launching my first app in, you know, our app in 2019, um, a lot of great things but uh, a lot of like heartache as well. Um, a lot of just struggles in that. And so, um, then all of a sudden, you know, we, we decide after, um, our wedding and coming back to the loss of Wyatt's cousin tragically in a motorcycle accident. And then two weeks later, um, or well, two days after that, his parents telling him that they were going to get divorced. And then two weeks after that, my grandma died. And then three days after that, my grandpa died. Um, it was a lot in one month and that's coming up on three years ago, actually, which, um, just is a whole nother thing. You know, I'm, I miss them dearly, but we were like, we need to move back home. We need to move. So we moved back to, um, Ohio. We left on the day after Thanksgiving, black Friday, (laughs) we left our apartment. Actually, no, I lied. I'm sorry. December 1st, we went to the first of the month for like our, our lease and stuff. December 1st, we took the trek back home. We rented a U-Haul and we drove to Ohio. We moved into Wyatt's parents and then they told us that they were selling the house because they were getting divorced. So we had about a month to find a house. And then within that month, um, COVID started. We were very grateful to have gotten in our home literally the week of lockdowns. Wyatt went out to LA um, for a business trip because he had just gotten his new job about two weeks prior. And while he was in LA, that was when the first case of COVID from, I think it was like Tom Hanks went live and he was in LA. So everything was canceled. He flew back. And that's when the day I told him I was pregnant. So, um, that night we actually drove to my hometown to tell my mom. Cause I was like immediately like, Oh my God, we have like, we have to go right now. Um, once I told Wyatt and then when we were coming back, literally the day after it was a quick trip. Um, we stopped at Meyer, and that was the first time we've ever seen like all the toilet paper gone, all the paper towels, like what a throwback. So fast forward, um, obviously I have Maddox. He's eight weeks early. We go through this battle at the NICU in 14 days. No, I'm sorry. Nine days, nine days after I give birth, I fall down my fucking stairs through the goddamn baby gate that we had just put up for like literally no fucking reason. We just have it up, fell down the stairs, my toe, bro, my toe was pointing to the right. Okay, let me just tell you that. My point was my my pinky toe on my right foot was telling me to turn right. Yeah, it was literally fucking deformed. So I spent like overnight at the hospital. It was terrible. Like everything was just, it was, it was a really rough go for me, okay? And then I sat on my ass for six weeks in the NICU just so I could be my, my baby with a broken toe. I lost so much weight, so much muscle because I couldn't do anything and I could barely eat. You weren't really allowed to bring food in the NICU. You could only like DoorDash secretly and because of COVID, oh my God, it was, it was, it was nuts guys. It was fucking nuts. Then I started doing my live workouts during this time. We're still running all of our challenges, you know, six weeks of strength, slay shreds. And we kind of created this calendar that continued to come and COVID really pushed us out of our comfort zone because it was the first time that I really utilized my app which is something I could have done from the get-go, just never really did, and create and alternate 
and have modifications for programs. So I'm very grateful for COVID in that way. It taught me to not only utilize my app more, but to be more aware that not everyone has the same equipment, you know, and, um, I was able to now make modifications. And as I was pregnant and going postpartum and all of these things combined in learning and educating myself on it, I was better able to create and tailor programs to people of all parts of life. So here I am now a 27 year old who started this when she was just, I just turned 21. I was 20 when I started prep for my uh, first show. And then I turned 21 here. I am now 27 and, um, five years ago released my first ever program. And seven years ago, my life changed by getting kicked off the volleyball team. And as much as it's like a minuscule event now, like I'm like, Oh yeah, I got kicked off before it. That is truly what shifted the trajectory trajectory of my life. So if you're someone who has gotten fired from a job, if you're someone who's gotten rejected in any way, shape or form, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's a job, maybe you got kicked off a team like me, maybe you got anything like that. It just goes to show it can truly be the actual turn in your life that you need to find that new journey and that new passion and that new opportunity. Because if I would have never got kicked off the volleyball team, I would never, ever, ever be where I am at right now. I would never. Everything I learned was by my own design. I've never done anyone else's programs. I've never done a challenge in my life besides my own. I truly have created what I would want out of that experience. So that is why I have so much pride in DBFT and our coaches in our community. I could have kept it to myself. I could have kept the life of just Desby. I'm, I'm me. I am Desby fit training. I am this, but that's why we branded into more of DBFT because it's not just about me. It's not just Des. It's not just me. It's about Emily. It's about Tish. It's about Leah. It's about Jen. It's about Kristen. It's about Mariah. It's about, you know, all of us, Kelsey combined with Shannon who helps with our social media. It's all of us combined. And I think that is what is so powerful is it truly shows you are better together. And that's what at DBFT I've always wanted. I've always wanted a team. And I think after being kicked off of my dream team, I decided to fucking create my dream team. You know what I'm saying? And I hold so much pride and and happiness in the team that I have right now and their ability to go above and beyond to create content and do what they can do with the way that Instagram has changed even since I started it, right? And so I give them a lot of props for always showing up and crushing it. And um, I guess the moral of the story is when you get kicked off the team, create your own fucking team. Create your fucking own dream team. Surround yourself with those people that will push you and the people that you love and the people that you want to push as well because you are who you hang out with, right? Um, And you are who you're with. Like you are a product of your environment. And my environment in my work environment is fucking great. Um, So that's a little bit of my story. I mean, again, I could have gone in so much more detail over the past few years, but I really wanted to like kind of go back to the beginning of where did I actually come from? Like where, like 
what really shifted into bodybuilding, right? Like there's so much additional detail I could add in of, you know, how my competing experience was, um, how my competing experience was the first time versus the second time, how I stopped tracking macros. I haven't tracked macros, calories, food. I haven't done any of that in almost three years. I could go on and on and on. And if that's something you guys would love to dig deeper into, send me a, send me a message. Let me know like Des, please expand on this or how did you do this or whatever it might be. I am open to discussion. And I appreciate you guys for allowing me to get a little bit raw and emotional for you guys this today. And if you're someone who created the, the whole like idea and rumor that I had, you know, I got caught drinking or I did drugs, fuck you. Because my mom was mad at me for fucking years thinking that I was lying to her. And that was the reason that I got kicked off the team. She did not believe me. She didn't believe me for years. She thought for years that I got kicked off the team because I actually got caught drinking or doing drugs. And she thought I never told her because that is all that was going around my town. So if that was you, I want to give a big fuck off because that never fucking happened. Keep my name out of your fucking mouth. No, I'm just playing, but I really don't know who did that. But if you did, you are literally a piece of shit because that caused such a rift in me and my mom's relationship because she thought I was fucking lying to her for years. And I, I would literally fess up to that. Hey guys. Yeah. Fucked up. I used to do drugs. Never. I can barely smoke weed. I can barely smoke fucking weed. And that's decriminalized. I get like hallucinations and shit. I'm, I do not fuck with any drugs, alcohol. I barely drink when I do. I, I've drank more the past year than I have in my whole life. Like not really. <laughs> let's just say since I've been pregnant. Okay. <laughs> but regardless, um, just, it goes to show like always keep showing up. That's all I did. That's all I did. I just kept showing up. I kept figuring out a way to show up. And even though I was in a dark fucking point of my life, Wyatt has truly been there for me through all, including right now, including postpartum, including postpartum depression, anxiety, all of these things. And he has always been my biggest cheerleader. So also a little sidebar, do not fucking settle for a man do not fucking settle. Do not. Because if you're going to do life together and your goal is to be married, you have to be a team and they have to see you at your darkest and they have to see you at your highest and they have to love them both. So thank you guys for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. It was actually way more fun for me to share than I thought. I am really proud of myself for kind of digging deep into the experience that I went through and just being vulnerable and sharing that because I do not share it often, mostly because again, with the rumors that circulated around literally my hometown, I always got embarrassed speaking about getting kicked off the team because everyone's like, Oh yeah. It just kind of restarts the rumor mill. Yeah. I remember when she got kicked off for drugs or alcohol. Ugh. It's like, no, it didn't fucking happen. Literally didn't happen. Small town, big mouse, fuck off. You know what I'm saying? So anyways, I hope that you guys have a great day. Great Sunday. Thanks for hanging out with me. Go grab DBFT Fit Guide 1.0. Celebrate with me five years of never fucking giving up, getting kicked off my dream team, but creating my own. Cheers to that. Happy Sunday, and I'll see you next week.